0: Welcome to Hope Through Hard Stuff, a podcast from Winning at Home. Please welcome your host, speaker and award-winning author, Steve Norman.
1: Welcome back to Hope Through Hard Stuff. I'm super excited to have as our guest today Dr. Emily DeYoung, who is just all-around extraordinary person, oh, but thank she's you. one of our directors and she helps oversee our child and adolescent team. Yes. Emily, thanks for joining us.
0: It's such a pleasure to be back with you, Steve.
1: Emily we're getting ready to go back to school and for a lot of people that is excitement that's energy it's seeing new friends Mm -hmm. but for a lot of people it's an added measure of stress maybe last year didn't end so great or maybe there was anxiety that we experienced all the way through the school year what do you say to parents and kids who are feeling some trepidation about going back
0: Right, right. And here we are in August. Hard to believe that we are at this place in the summer. And I have been really trying to noodle this idea of going back to school and how do we best prepare as parents for our kids on this journey. And one of the things that's been helpful for me is I have this great colleague who talks about summer being a grand scale weekend. So June is very much like Friday. July is very much like Saturday. And here we are in August and we're enjoying Sunday which means that tomorrow we go back to school. Monday
1: is coming. Monday
0: is coming right and you can resonate with that as you feel through the summer and I guess one thing that I would encourage parents to think about is what I would call the ABCs of returning to school. Take a little bit of time to unpack that. The A for returning to school is just attunement. As you mentioned, there are so many different emotions when you think about school return. Some kids are excited and they are very eager to get back in the classroom and see their friends and re-engage in academics. And there are other kids who are pretty fearful and maybe it's starting a new school for the first time or they haven't had a great experience in Mm -hmm. school before. And it triggers lots of different fear or even um, sadness as they say goodbye to summer.
1: So Emily, what does that what does that look like on a practical scale? Like, what can I do tonight at dinner time to make sure that I'm practicing attunement or leading in that direction?
0: Yes, yes. So I think about attunement as really leaning in as a parent and recognizing the emotional safety that you're creating in your home environment. And paying attention to the emotions of each one of your kids. If you have one child, then paying attention to where they're at emotionally. But recognizing that within sibling groups, each child probably has a very different range of emotions and experience in response to school. So it's important to know where each one is at. And even each child has emotional fluctuations depending on the day or the circumstance. So tuning in and using labels for emotional words like sad, mad, scared, and letting the child be able to label them, identify them, and then talk about as a family, how you can take care of those emotions well.
1: It's great. Emily, I've been talking to some parents who they're like, I feel a little bit guilty, but I'm kind of ready for my kids to go back to school. Sure. So there is part of it is just us as parents being able to acknowledge and recognize our own emotional journey and the sensations that we have Absolutely. around. Absolutely.
0: Right on, Steve. And I think about all of the different parents that I've talked to you over the course of the last couple of weeks, and you know that there are some parents out there who are very excited and eager for school to begin again. And there are others who are approaching it with trepidation. Right. Like you said. And and so It's interesting um, for each of those parents as they build their self-awareness, their emotions may not align necessarily with the emotions that their kids have because they may be excited and their kids might be very fearful. So as a parent then, building my own self-awareness and recognizing where I'm at is part of being able to attune to the emotions of my child.
1: I love that. And I think the self-awareness component for parents is so important because mm-hmm. if we're not careful, we'll end up telegraphing our emotions, either if they're great emotions or if they're emotions that we're uncomfortable with onto our kids. Right. Absolutely. So if we're excited and we need them to be excited, <laughs> then we'll be like, why aren't you more excited? Exactly. And you that, should be right? right. You
0: should be excited. Right. And
1: that can st- and that can kind of squash our ability to fully tune into where they are and what they need.
0: Right. Right. So paying attention, not only to their words, but also their behaviors. A lot of times this time of year, we receive calls in the counseling center um, from parents who are just wondering because they've noticed significant behavioral changes in their kids as August approaches. It's it's like Sunday evening, right, where all of a sudden they're having more trouble sleeping or they might be acting out more um, with frustrated or disturbing behaviors. And then it's important to tune in and realize that their behaviors are communication. Hmm. And what are they trying to tell us? about some of the upcoming transitions and changes.
1: And it seems like sometimes our temptation is immediately to manage behavior because the behavior either feels inappropriate or makes us feel uncomfortable. Yes. As parents, how do we pivot away from like trying to solve, in quotation marks, the behavior to acknowledging the root and giving the child permission to be there And then helping them find strategies to move forward.
0: Right. That's a good point. And because you're right, it is easy as a parent just to notice the behavior without understanding the message that lies beneath. So really tuning in, attunement, attuned to what is this behavior really telling me? And it may not be my children are really angry with each other, but they may be responding to an internal feeling of frustration about going back to school. And so being wise as a parent about what some of those behaviors might be communicating communicating is essential.
1: So helpful because based on a child's personality, their age and their maturity, a lot of them just can't fully articulate. Like they're not going to come out and say, the reason I've been stressed today is (laughs) because I'm nervous about third grade. Right. But it's kind of up to us as parents to fill in those blanks.
0: Right. And notice how things have change because if they've been calm and collected and cool all summer, and then all of a sudden they're showing signs of stress or distress, then it's probably an indicator that there's something going on beneath that we need to explore.
1: Awesome. So A is for attunement. A is
0: for attunement. B is for breathe as a parent. Please just take time to breathe. And and here's what I mean by that. Um, As I talk to parents who are anticipating the start of school again, it's clear that schedules get really busy and the demands of whether it's soccer practice or academics and reading for 15 minutes every night or practicing the piano or all of the things that we think are important, I would say um, it's so important to take time to breathe and set an emotional tone in the home that allows for safety. Because if as a parent, if you are stressed, then of course your child will also co-regulate with that and pick up on a lot of stress.
1: Emily, what are some ways that parents can kind of recalibrate in the middle of a stressful day and then we can talk about what it means to maybe rearrange some things so that we're not perpetually in a stressful season?
0: Right, right. And and thank you for asking that question because that is exactly where we need to go back to that self-awareness, the key of paying attention to when I am feeling distressed or dysregulated take time to breathe and take care of my own emotion so that I can be available to pour into the lives of my kids.
1: It seems, again, I don't know what your parenting journey was like, but for me, I can kind of pre-identify what portions of a day I'm going to have to work harder to breathe. Tell me about that. Yeah. So between 6.30 and 7.15, wake up, Drop off, like, so my kids are a little bit older, high school and middle school, so in theory, they're able to get themselves dressed, take care of their personal hygiene issues, pack their own lunch, get their book bags, and get ready to go. In practice, it doesn't always work out that way. So I'm just learning in my own universe. It's like, oh, it is helpful if I know that chaos is going to begin at 6 that yes. at 6.15, yes. I take time to breathe.
0: Yes, uh. yes, that's a great point. So anticipate that. The other thing that I would encourage parents to think about is practice, because going through routines or building routines is much like building muscle. And so the more you practice, the more reps you have in terms of getting ready for your school day, the easier it becomes. And so even starting a week ahead and being um, responsive to what my routine might look like. And creating a pretty clear sequence of what you want that to look like in your family. Um, and for a lot of families, it works well to say, look, here are the tasks that need to be completed before you're ready to go for the day. And then if those tasks are completed, then you may have free time that mm-hmm. will allow you to read a book or perhaps even have some screen time before you leave.
1: Okay. So good. Emily, I remember hearing some mentors say once when I was a younger parent that people would ask them, how do you do it all? And they had this great answer, which is we don't. Uh-huh. Like there are, we just recognize that not every activity that, you know, either culture or our school district or our neighborhood says have to get crammed into a week or a month or a school year aren't always going to be realistic. Right. So we can give ourselves the gift of like, we can't breathe without space. And if the calendar has us all jammed up without any space, it's it's going to make it hard for us to function from a position of like rest and reflection and wisdom.
0: Yes, exactly. Which also gives parents permission to say no because there are lots and lots of invitations this time of year to, to attend all of the meet the teacher events or the ice cream socials or um, all of those things that you mentioned that pack your calendar and make it so tight that there is no room to breathe and that can feel very suffocating. So recognize that as a parent, you, you don't have to attend every single event. It's okay to skip that ice cream social or it's okay not to have... Um, your child enrolled in every extracurricular activity or soccer practice every night. Or um, my challenge would be to look at your calendar and first start first with prioritizing family time or Mm. prioritizing those things that are really crucial and important to you and then build some of the extracurricular activities around that.
1: So good. And I love that idea about and you and I have had this conversation before about how studies say that like families who share a meal together Mm -hmm. at home around a table a certain number of times a week mm-hmm. is statistically proven for to result in healthier relationships across the board. Am I remembering that yes. correctly? Absolutely. So I think that sometimes some of us are like, well, okay, if this kid's got a piano lesson and this kid's got soccer practice and this kid's got martial arts and I, there's just no way for us to figure out how to do it. Like we knew a family once who had six kids and eventually they said, as our kids got older, we ate in shifts for certain seasons. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I thought that was fascinating to be able to say, all right, it's not the ideal, um, but, we're going to do it this way. Like some mm-hmm. people are going to eat at 4.30 <laughs> and other people are going to eat at 8. And that and that's all right. Yes. We're not going to do that 365 days a year. But if that happens for an eight-week sports season, it doesn't have to be the end of the world.
0: Right. Right. But what you're talking about there, Steve, is that you become the master of your schedule versus right. your schedule becoming the master of you. Right. Right. Yeah, And I think that
1: sometimes if we get a little bit overly rigid and we don't give ourselves or our lives grace, we're like, dinner has to be at 6 p.m. It has to be every night and everybody has to be sitting in their seats. And for us to be able to say, like, that's a great goal. Mm -hmm. There are going to be seasons where that's just not going to be reality. And we're going to learn to be okay with that. Or we could say, you know what? T-ball is not going to be a priority this season. Dinner as a family is going to be a priority this season. And I think it's – I love what you're saying because it's telling us as parents when we breathe, we're reminded that A – god is in control mm-hmm. b god loves our kids more than we do mm-hmm. c god wants good for all of us and d we get a vote yes. in how our lives and schedules and family culture get to function
0: right and i think steve each of those points deserve their own podcast honestly will <laughs> right. well, you come back <laughs> okay and we'll,
1: we can pull out that thread
0: okay sounds good
1: b is for breathe. yes what do you got for c
0: c is create community mm. Community is so important for us as parents because a lot of times it creates a safe place where we can, our own emotions can be validated if we're taking care of ourselves well. And it also allows us to build a team around our kids, creating a tribe that is for them. And I do think that kids need to hear that today, that, that we do believe in them. We are for them. Um, the important piece of that, though, is I believe finding a tribe that has the same definition of success that you do. So when I think about success, for me, that is abiding in what God has for my kids each day, meaning that um, I want them to experience the abundant life that Jesus has promised them and to fully embrace what God has for them and their potential. And that is success. In my life and and so sure it would be really sweet if um, maybe my kids enjoyed some success in academics or success in sports or success in theater and arts and all those are great but in my mind they're very secondary goals compared to a team that is surrounding them that is encouraging them to be more christ-like
1: that's great emily i think one of the things i've been reading recently is that sometimes we as families especially in certain Church environments can be really nervous or skittish about being fully vulnerable with other people. Mm. And I think that sometimes we've all been a part of environments where we felt like there was an expectation to present a perfect picture of what our family (laughs) did and how they operated. It seems like it's really important to have other families that we can be candid with to be able to say, I'm struggling here. I'm hurting here. We're experiencing a setback here. Will you walk with us?
0: Right. Yes, I agree with you entirely. And we all are accustomed to like the Instagram family, right? That They look perfect on Instagram. But the reality is that just isn't life. We all struggle from one day to the next. And some days are days of celebration and victory. And other days are days of challenge and really feeling vulnerable and sad. So it's important to have people in your life who are comfortable with you in both settings, and knowing that um, there is emotional safety to be able to say, "Hey, I am really struggling today. Can you just pray for me? Give it, that I will experience some peace, and I will have wisdom as I parent my kids." And creating that community really comes from being willing to be to take the first step and be vulnerable with someone else, um, paying attention to their ability to be safe with you.
1: Awesome. Emily, where did you and John find those families when you were raising your kids?
0: Great question. You know, we have the huge blessing of being a part of a church community that is really responsive to that so we had friends who um, were willing to be vulnerable with us and um, certainly we were vulnerable with them when we hit those spaces Um, so I think church communities can be awesome but there can also be parents that you connect with through school or through sporting events that you just seem to jive with and as you build relationships you realize wow this person is not only aligned with me um, in terms of how I define success, but they're also emotionally safe. And okay. when that happens, then I can um, t- take the risk of being more vulnerable.
1: Emily, what do you say to parents who might feel a little bit isolated and alone in this season? I know mm-hmm. that, like COVID isn't to blame for everything, but there was a little mm-hmm. bit of a, it was a disruptor for a lot of normal family rhythms and a lot of normal family relationships. And some people kind of leaned into their church community. Some people kind of spun out of their church community. Right. What do you say to people who are still feeling a little bit like they're parenting solo, like their family unit is intact, but they feel like they're walking their path alone. What is your recommendation for where to look, how to start?
0: Yeah, which is so common in today's world. Even though we're surrounded by people, there are ever increasing rates of feelings of loneliness. So it's an important question. Uh, My challenge to you would be that if you are feeling lonely, um, be willing to initiate and take a first step because the people surrounding you probably don't know about your feelings of loneliness so when you take the first step to become part of a a church group let's say a men's group or a bible study and you begin reaching out and taking initiative for those types of activities it's it's amazing how other people will respond
1: awesome emily thank you so much for joining us Mm -hmm. do you have any other kind of last insights for parents who are getting ready to send ship kids back off on the bus
0: sure know that this is a season it is temporary and truly the days are short uh the days are long and the years are short (laughs) they are Uh uh-huh yeah so i think each day is valuable each day is a gift and um see the best in your kids each day
1: awesome emily thanks so much for your words of insight and for those of you who are getting ready to send kids back to school if you needing resources that winning at home provides please don't hesitate to reach out winning at our coaches and counselors would be more than happy to talk to you mm-hmm. to determine next steps thanks so much for joining us Thank we'll catch you. you next time
0: thanks for listening to hope through the hard stuff if you liked what you heard please remember to subscribe to it rate and review it and then share it with others winning at home offers hope through counseling and coaching motivational speaking community events, and other media resources. If you believe in what we do and want to support us in our mission, consider making a donation at winningathome.com.